What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rockcast, brought to you by Onyx Hunt Maps and partnered with Black Rifle Coffee. Today we have Jim Carr back on the episode, the master of scouting. And uh, dude, good to have you on again. It was good to see you at the Hunt Expo. That was good to see you too, and uh, good to be on again, Jordan. Yeah, heck yeah. Was there anything at Expo you saw gear-wise that stood out? You know what? Um, not 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 really, but there was one thing, and and I've actually seen it before, and I, um, it was the it's the uh, bow spider. Um, oh yeah. When I scout, I I spend so much time. Um, I glass so much so quickly. You know, I'll pull my spotter out constantly, so I'll be like, you know, you know, you know I might do it. I might glass a spot, and then three minutes later, I find another spot I want to angle. I want to glass from. And you know you gotta sometimes you gotta pull that spotter out and sometimes and I don't like a guy over the fact carrying my bow all the time so because um, I use my hands to glass so much um, mm-hmm. that I uh, that like last year is like um, strapping your bow to your pack and then unstrapping it and then thinking you know not knowing how quickly you're gonna be unstrapping it again and it gets kind of a pain to hook it up and then take it off two minutes later pull out your spotter you know so yeah so that's, yeah. that's kind of an interesting product it looks like you, you can pop it on and off pretty quick so yeah another one that's good for that too is um i haven't used them that much but marsupial gear came out with they're just a couple of tabs that like hang down from the bottom of your bino harness or you can like hang them off your uh your backpack strap like your hip belt and you just like set right. your string like inside those tabs and then it holds it there too so it's like accessible you can grab it really fast but then you can just like put it back in there if you're stopped and standing glassing and there's really like low profile or just little tabs that hang on the bottom of your harness so it's good that could be a good option too i'm gonna try that more this year yeah i wouldn't mind trying that too yeah it's definitely something you know i don't know about you but whenever i'm uh even when i'm hiking with my um you know with my pack and everything on I'll be I'll glass constantly and kind of having a, a bow in your hand or any weapon in your hand kind of delays that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Sweet. Um, so we, I opened it up to questions a little bit and uh, the first one comes from Rob D on Instagram says, do you recommend taking the insoles out of your boots and then packing out an elk? And that was from Robbie Denny. So he's just playing. Uh, <laughs> no i don't recommend <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah definitely not my <laughs> definitely a sore spot for me yeah yeah not not good can you go through your four phases of scouting that you've outlined in some articles that you've written um quickly i think that would that would help people right yeah jordan um so um the uh the first one is you know get familiar with an area that you're going to go um, that you want to start learning and you know for instance you know if i'm if i'm going to this unit and i want to i want to go check it out i'll i'll make sure i'll go before i even step foot over there i'm gonna i'm gonna look at maps i'm gonna um go on google earth and kind of familiarize my myself with that unit and talk to anybody i can you know whether it be biologist or forest service kind of get an idea of the roads um you know like make sure what roads are open and closed um, the forest service can be real, you know, somebody that's in that unit a lot, depending on where it's at, they can be very helpful. And, uh, and then, um, then I want to, you know, get over there. First thing I'm going to do when I get to a unit is cruise all the roads 
learn the unit, you know, in the area that I, you know, maybe not the whole unit, but the areas that I want to hunt or that I've kind of identified. Um, I want to learn it all as good as I can. So I'm not wasting time. Um, and when I go back from this trip, every time I go back, I'm going to go back to the beginning and, uh, analyze, you know, with maps again and, uh, blurs. every time, you know, I'm going to go and look at it because every time you go in a unit and you see different things, they start to change a little bit, you know, as far as you're going to, the way yeah. you know, you look at maps and Google earth. So no, that's always part of it. Every time I, I go, like, as soon as I leave a unit, I'm back in there studying, you know, the, that first night I get back to town town or whatever i'm looking at everything and you know just get making sure you know things look different and then uh second thing when i step foot in that unit the first time you know or really step foot in that unit i'm covering as much ground as possible trying to find out you know where i see the most tracks and and um or you know where country you're seeing the animals at and just covering a lot of ground that way you don't get um, hyper focused on one area and overlook the big picture of the whole unit or the areas you know that you know, you, you know, I've done it before where I picked an area in a unit and, uh, you know, got you know, focused on this one drainage before I ever been in that unit. And I went and hunted that unit and it was a good unit. You know, I like that area, you know, but it wasn't until a couple years, years later when after I had shot a bull early on in the season and, uh, I had, I had plenty of days to play and I went and started just checking new spots where I was like, I should say I'd been in the, and, you know, one of the worst possible places in the unit, you know, and I found some unbelievable spots by, like each day I would hit a new spot and just cover a bunch of ground. And, you know, obviously elk are running, so you got to, that's a good time to cover ground and scout, but um, it kind of, you know, like you don't get hyper-focused on one spot that might just be inferior to other spots. Um, and it happens a lot of guys that are successful, they go to unit and they always go to the same spot every year. And then there's something that can always happen to that. And, you know, like, uh, say a bunch of hunters all of a sudden hit your drainage that you're in your whole, your drainage is messed up. And people, I've seen people pull out of a unit because they think the unit's overcrowded, but they don't really know the unit as a whole. They just know that one spot, you know? Um, so that's one of the reasons to get to know the whole unit, um, or whatever area you're hunting. And then, uh, so, you know, covering ground, that's the, you know, you could cover ground before the, you know, early season scouting you can cover it during the summer you can even kind of cover it during hunting season but that's a that's a phase of just getting to learn the unit kind of where the animals hang out and then um once i kind of got an idea where the uh animals um you know hanging out or where i'm finding them at you know i'll spend more time in that country that, that type of country and uh, uh you know looking you know looking at you know looking at their country and just just getting a pattern of the animals where they're at and then my favorite part of this is what I always want to get to is where my uh, phase four, where I'm looking for specific animals and, you know, big bucks and big bulls. And to do that, you got to spend your, you got to spend all your prime time hours in the spot where you expect to see the, you know, the animals that you can't be cruising. That's, you know, that's the time when you're finding those big bucks. I find the big bucks whenever I'm set up, you know, glass and hard, but um, it's important to go in order on these, uh, you know, I'm kind of, I don't know, because I was kind of all over the place, but it's important to go in order or else you get that tunnel vision on one spot and you're maybe not even looking at a good spot, you know, in the unit. So that's why you go in order. And well, when you get to the spot where, you know, okay, I find animals in this spot, this spot, this spot, and type of country, where you spend your time glass, you can glass, really pick it apart, 
not wasting your time looking at a whole entire mountain, but you're looking at prime spots where the animals are hanging out. That's when you get to find the You know, you see a lot more of those bucks. A lot of times you only catch them or bulls. You only catch them for a minute here and there. And if you're looking all over the whole mountain, you're not really, you're not going to have your, your odds of finding them go way down. But if you can focus on that, just that, um, you know, that core spots, then you're, that, you know, you're spending all those hours glassing prime spots. And that's kind of a, the reason behind going in order on those, you know, on the scouting. Yeah. And I would say too, like we are, we're talking about trying to find like, I don't know what the oldest or the biggest animal that we can. Um, and so like that, I would say is some of like your drivers and some of my drivers as well. So like scouting is really important leading up to that. So, you know, during those four phases of scouting, I mean, the last three are all like related to boots on the ground pretty much before you even go in for the hunt. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and and if you're looking for the bucks, like I know both me and you, you know, we kind of have that. We're not, we're not, you know, there's some hunters that just want to get in to have a good hunt and see animals. And they, you know, they're, you know, they don't, they don't care about the older age class. And, um, but you know, as far as we go, um, just being able to, uh, spend our time, our prime time, um, you know, at that right, you know, when we get into the hunt, we want to be spending all of our time looking for those older age class animals or not. I mean, there's a lot of times when I consider being on a mountain, if you're hiking two spots and, or you don't know where you're going, you're wasting time. You're not even really hunting, in my opinion. Like, uh, and I, I'm guilty of it all the time because I'm, I'm kind of a scoutaholic. So even during hunting season, I'll go scout. Yeah. And I live up in North Idaho and there's, there's a lot of country that it, it takes longer to get to spots than, you know, other spots because of the brush and whatnot. And so if you spend mm-hmm. your, if you're not, if you didn't do those other phases, um, and you know, learn where you're going before you go there, and and you get trying to go to these spots, and then you never make it until eight thirty in the morning or whatever, and you re- you lost all your opportunities at that trophy animal, you know. And usually, what happens is you get there at that time, and you you might see a few deer or butt bulls, and they're the they're the younger ones, the older ones are already bedded up, you know. Yeah. Uh, what kind of like efficiency are you looking at or like efficiency tips for scouting? Like, do you like to go in and backpack hunt and be like, well, backpack scout, I guess, and be like super light and nimble and cover a lot of country? Or do you like doing like a base camp at your vehicle and walking in, being in an area all day, walking out and then completely like moving, you know, miles and miles and miles to like a different trailhead? I do that. I do a little combination. I'm, I'm, I'm highly mobile, so I never set up, I never set up a base camp, base camp for myself. It's always like if I'm, I'll, you know, I'll sleep out of my vehicle if I'm on, if I'm by a vehicle. That way, I spend no, I mean, little time setting up, and uh, yeah, and I and I always go like if I'm gonna have a, if I'm gonna go out for a, um, a lot of times I do evening morning combinations. You know, that way I can, um, if I'm gonna go scout an area, go light as I can get up to and i kind of identify prior like i want to be glassing where the animals are going to be a lot of time it's glassing you got to find angles you're going to glass into the sun because you know that if you're in the evening time a lot of times you know you wait for that side where you're glassing with the sun it depends on angle which angle you're at those animals aren't going to come out until the very last but if you hit the you know the other side where 
you're kind of looking at the sun, but you have the, you know, the uh, sun goes down and you have that, you know, a bowl or something. You just got to find your angles. You know, it's basically, um, you want to spend all your prime time, um, you know, just being in, looking at the right spot. And so I like to be mobile as possible. And I'll, during the day, I cover a lot of ground, no matter what, like whether I'm on, if I'm spending a couple of days on a mountain during the day, I'm just covering as much ground to look at, um, you know, look at where I'm seeing for like rubs or tracks or, you know, whatever it is that I, that I have, you know, going to identify spots for that evening. And that includes finding the glassing spots for the evening or the morning. So that, that I'm actually doing, you know, my, my, um, my actual glassing hours are the, you know, in the right spot, you know, like I said, um, not glassing and trying to find a spot during prime time is a bad feeling. Yeah, it is. And it feels like you wasted a lot of time after the sun comes up for a little bit and you don't see anything. You're like, Oh man, maybe if I was just here a little earlier, uh, I would have been able to catch something at first light. Um, Gosh, but what else? There was a question I had. How much country are you covering? Like, how do you not get, once you like find a deer or find a bull or an area that you think is good, how do you not get so like tunnel visioned in on that spot? Is that something I need to work on um, more? It seems like you'll be, you know, I'll like find a good area to scout and then I'll just like keep trying to beat it hard and scout like just that one little area instead of like really trying to get a big picture and trying to like you know hit the corners of the unit um i'm i'm kind of the opposite i i have a hard time making myself go like i i have that like that scouting instinct so i want to even if i have a big buck scouted i still want to go check out i have like in my mind like i'll sit at home when i'm bored or something that during the winter or you know i'll be just like identifying all these basins i want to hit I have someone I list like miles long. So I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I got to like slow myself down and just go to the core spots. But, um, but, but what you, um, but what you don't want to do, I don't think like, you know, like I, I have friends that they find a buck and then they go look at that buck, like try to look at that buck 20 times. And then they get, they call me, Hey, I couldn't find him for like three days. And then like two weeks later, they find him again. I'm like, did you just kind of like put your whole season on that one buck and if that buck moves yeah. like a lot of areas like some of the areas we talked about they might move out opening day and your whole season's a bust because you spend all your time you know and, and not only can you you know you get uh you get discouraged when the days you don't see them and then you got to go back and find them you know usually they're there you know my opinion when you when they're on their summer range you know they might move a little bit but they're there so don't spend your whole you know or you know, you know, once you got that area kind of glassed out and you kind of know all the bucks or bulls, or whatever is there, don't, don't beat it too bad. Cause it's, you know, maybe you get a little closer to the season and that's where you identified as your best place and go, you know, get, be prepared for opening day. But definitely I think it, it hurts a lot of people by getting stuck up on one buck, you know, or bull. And then, you know, then, then your whole season's all based on that. And I've done it. Yeah, my opinion is better to find that. Um, you'll find. I have a list, you know, the bigger, the longer list you have, and you can number them one, two, three, four, five, six, how many ever you find, you know, and then go that way. But also, I wouldn't get even if you're you're in one area, I would identify, especially if you're hunting rifle seasons. Um, I would identify 
say you're in a, you know you're finding bucks in this one type of country on a you know on a certain you know range depends on the unit you're at you know some units might not have migration but you gotta also think about this if if you're and it happened to me a couple years ago where i found a lot of good bucks on you know one particular section of the country you know um you know spread out but they mm-hmm. pretty much did it went to the same winter range and snow kind of pushed them out really early and uh that kind of uh all those bucks were gone every one of them when that snowstorm hit and so there was no there wasn't a good backup option so i would think okay let me at least go to the other side of the unit out some ground so if that ever happens i have a backup plan Okay, everyone, just want to jump in here real quick and thank a partner of ours, Onyx Hunt Maps, for helping us bring this podcast to you. Um, This gear series is all about the gear that helps you be more efficient in the field, helps you stay longer, and Onyx is one of those tools that certainly um, makes it easier just to have all of your maps in one spot on your phone. Um, I still look at paper maps sometimes, especially when I'm looking from a big picture in on an area, Um, but... Once we get in the field, I mean, undoubtedly Onyx is going to help you organize those pins and figure out different routes and access points, and it is just a, it's a great tool. So if you use code ROCKCAST at checkout at onyxmaps.com forward slash hunt, you will receive 20% off of the subscription that you choose. And then, unless you are a barbarian, um, caffeine is going to help you fuel your way through the day just on the day-to-day but there's also uh, nothing that I love more than sitting on a ridge in the middle of the day warming up some water dropping some instant coffee in and black rifle coffee helps us all do that so with great tasting coffee it really is my coffee of choice so if you use code rock slide at the Black Rifle Coffee website, you will receive 20% off your first subscription order or 20% off of just an order from their store. It is a one-use code per customer, but that is code ROCKSLIDE, and go get you some. My favorite is uh, both the light roast and then the medium freedom roast. And then the coffee bags or instant coffee packs, both are fantastic for the backcountry. Yeah, that's that's important as I've come to learn. It um there was like one particular spot where I had seen a big deer in and I just like beat it to death. And I think it was the next year I was hunting elk in there and ended up like popping over a little hill that was not far from where I was scouting. And it like opened up some of the core areas of mule deer country and there was a lot of bucks in there and I was just like, "Oh my gosh." I was like so close for so long but I was so fixated on like where I had seen one deer that I just like didn't just go walk like all you have to do is just go like walk down a ridge and it can give you you know just a ton of information even if you don't see the deer um that time just covering the country is becoming more important in my mind yeah it is and and, you know I think why I you know maybe I get um you know, like, I like that, you know, I get kind of obsessed with that is because, you know, like scouting, you, you're always looking for like that, just perfect place. That you're like, Oh man, I just want to find that spot that I, that's just like yeah. every way, shape or form. It has all kinds of just crawling with big bucks and it you on know, bulls and, and it has no pressure in there, you know? So you get, you kind of have like that, 
but um you know like a lot of spots i find spots that i would have never really you know like thought would have been like that and when you find i never you know when you find spots that are you know just really good um it kind of gets addictive you want to find another spot like that and um and so but if you don't cover a lot of grounds you won't ever you won't find those spots you know because you might have to look at 100 spots before you find one of those spots so it's not like a yeah and so that's where just keep finding that covering the ground and then when you do find a spot like that you know don't beat it up and still spend your time looking for other spots too you know so you have so if there ever is a day that something happens like they have a bad winter kill or or even um people talk i've noticed this in um one particular spot there was an uh, um, a group of hunters had went in and they kind of uh they told some other people and it only takes a you know only takes the word mouth from a few groups to ruin yeah. it so yeah that sucks uh, we were you and i were talking the other day and we were like yeah we gotta be a little more sacred about these spots because we're secret you know secretive about the spots because like it's definitely getting tougher like can't uh can't deny that and i think it's more so for uh yeah just like the word of mouth stuff and and uh as like we've talked about a bunch of about it a bunch on other podcasts but these bucks are really like i think bucks especially they're really pocket like pocketed like they're not just spread out over the whole unit so you find those little pockets it might be loaded with deer but i mean (laughs) can't be telling a bunch of people about that no, yeah, they are definitely in pockets. I've, I've been in. Uh, there, there's one area. Not even gonna say what state, but it was, um, it was the, it was an over-the-counter. Um, t- it was a, or an easy to get tag, and, um, and I had prior actually, was, I could, I wasn't able to get a tag for some reason, but I found, uh, I covered so much ground, and it was after a bad winter. I had covered so much ground in these areas that I had much time to scout it, and, and it was like, uh. It was hard to find bucks and hit deer and wind up finding one pocket where I found like 35 bucks and a lot of really good mature bucks. And I was more bucks than I seen in the entire unit. And, and it, and it was one of those areas that people had it found, but if people had found it, it wouldn't take no time for an area like that just to be over with, you know? And it was just kind of like a perfect scenario why those deer were there and why nobody found them, you know, cause you kind of have to be looking out of the box to find a spot like that you know yeah yeah for sure um so i kind of disclaimed like what we we're looking at and that it does take a lot of scouting but there are a lot of people who just that's like not in the cards for them especially if they're back east so if you're like um we've talked about it before a little bit but um uh, you've recommended before that like just extending your hunt out to where like you get a couple of scouting days before season can be a really effective way um to you know do it as well before season um so robbie asked again can you do you have any tips on scouting like a couple of days before season absolutely and first of all um this that's extremely important because i've been when i was younger i went with my cousin and we went to places we had never been before we would go to several different states without an idea you know we'd show up in the dark and then kind of get like okay, we're going up this ridge here, you know, like my cousin, he was one driving and, or we had, he had horses and stuff. So you kind of got, you know, where you go to a unit and it wasn't until, you know, maybe at the end of the hunt, 
after we filled some tags or something, you go cruise around and you're like, oh shoot, we should have went here, 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 you know. So what you need to, you know, the, going early is I think is critical, and getting to know everything, getting to know the roads is probably your your first, you know, an easy step, but it's extremely important step because you might have identified spots on a on a map or Google Earth that you want to go hunt or you want to check out. But if you don't know how it, you know, if you, like you say, you can't get there in, in a, in a fishing time or sometimes those roads are closed or they're washed out. Um, so you need to spend your first part of your hunt, you know, all the areas you identified, you need to know your access points, uh, first of all. And then it would be, uh, you'd, you'd be great to, um, pick some hunts that you had planned, you know, like say, Oh, I'm gonna go hunt this basin or, or this ridge, you don't want to mock hunt them at prime time after you kind of knew where to go and you want to look at all the, identify your hunts while you're driving around or hiking, you know, if you're in a backcountry spot, you know, you know, hike in and, you know, go in there and identify your spots during the daytime. And then, you know, then goes, you know, then mock hunt it, you know, basically you're looking in there, well, shoot, that would, that would have saved a day, you know, a wasted opening morning. Obviously opening morning is going to be very important. And, uh, you know, kind of mock it and then kind of see, okay, seems like I'm seeing all the deer in this, this type of country, these Aspens or whatever, this is where I'm seeing them at, you know, or these bulls or these, there's a lot of places where, you know, you got all countries, not the same. So you have some high country units where bucks love those high country bulls and you have some high country units, you know, that don't even touch that stuff, you know, they have their habitats down lower or a different type, you know, brush or something, you know. You want to find out what those deer and animals are eating that, you know, that way, that way when opening days come, you already got the, uh, the jitters out uh, or per se, what actually it is, um, kind of backtrack here a little bit for me, yeah. whenever the season starts, the pressure's on, but if you, so you get, I feel myself included, like, a you feel like you have to make it happen or. And so you don't take the time to, to look at the big picture. You're always trying to, well, I'm going to go up this ridge and I'm going to spend all my morning, you know, here. And you might just be spinning your wheels. Whereas the first few days you're scouting without pressure. And I feel it gives you a better, it lets you look at the country better and not being under that pressure or making it happen, you know, that morning and get discouraged. People get discouraged really quick. On a, they, you can get yeah. discouraged one morning on a hunt because you went in a spot that you thought was going to be good and your opening morning and then it's then you're like oh i didn't see anything and their unit could be great but i mean like um i don't know somebody was talking about i think it was robbie at that uh the expo you know like your mental your mental um you know positive attitude or whatever it is that is extremely important i've you know everything doubting yeah. for people people can get like they're done on their first hour of their first hunt <laughs> they feel like they're you know they they lose they lose encouragement and it's hard to it's hard to go up a big old mountain when you don't think you're gonna see anything you know so it's like uh being able to do that without pressure is, that's more important than having i'd rather have four days of hunt and three days of scout than seven days to hunt um yeah yeah because you like, get a little bit of a jump start there so more justice now it's different if you're going in like you had seven days to hunt. It's late season. The season's already been going a long time, and you got the rut going on. You know, maybe not. Maybe when you get there, 
even if the season's going, you know, get there. Don't spend your first day learning. You know, maybe you do a you do a quick morning hunt, and then you spend your first day learning the unit and doing more driving and glassing and just kind of, or you know, depending on what country and trying to get a bigger feel for the area, rather than just diving in and spending five days. You know, once you you go down, you go you commit to one spot for day and then you don't get back till dark and then like you don't even know where to go the next day so you're like oh shit i'm gonna go here and you you don't even look at the unit you don't even know where you know there might be a place that's super obvious if you had to spend it took a little bit of time to get to know it rather than just diving in and you know and that that's happened to me too and it's like where you you get you, you only have you feel like you only have so much time and then you like you go in there and and you 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 know you get back late in the you know late at night and then then you're like, oh crap, that sucks. What am I going to do? And then you pick another spot with pressure on it. And then, and then when you leave in the unit, you're like, dude, I didn't see that country, man. That would have been perfect <laughs> with the head. Yeah. <laughs> it's super simple, but, but you know, you get that tunnel vision. Oh, it, it's yeah. It's, it's really hard to pull out a tunnel vision. I think I honestly, I think uh, what helps with it more than anything is like just experience and just doing it for a while. And like, just getting the, getting the feel of it. So, um, that's scouting a couple days before season when with no time restraints, like when do you like to scout? We've done a whole podcast on this, which I'll link to in the show notes. Um, but you're a, a June scouting guy and a lot of people oh, say they won't even start until August. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, let me go back to the one thing that we were just talking about. Okay. The, um, I've known people that have hunted units for, six years and never, you know, like a lot of people elk hunting and they don't have any success. I know people that hunt the units before for a long time and they never even really, they got that tunnel vision where we were just talking about and they, and they had it for like six straight years and they, they still didn't even know what the unit looked like because they're, you know, they get bow hunting and they're like, Oh man, I've seen like three bulls in five years. I'm like, what? <laughs> but they get, and, and they're in a great area. They just, they just get that tunnel vision, you know? So sorry to touch on that too much, but um, June going, uh, you know, going to that, June scouting, why I like it, and there's little pressure on you, and I, you know, and it depends on your unit, you know, like, if you're up in a high country basin, that June scouting can turn around and be like a, a July scouting, you know, but a lot of the times, mm-hmm. you know, it gets really hot out, and, and like I said, it's all the country dependent, you know, obviously, I could spend my June scouting, scouting unit that's going to be, you know, dried up, or lose its uh, appeal to the animals you know i'd rather hit the the ones earliest that make the most sense but i feel that whenever animals get to their summer range and they they're you know you get especially late june um you know early june i'll look and but when you get that late june and the antlers start to grow um unless somebody's just looking for like a specific you know record book buck you know, you could get a good feel for it, what an animal's going for, you know, in, in June, in late June. So I, I have some mm-hmm. pictures of awesome bucks and they were, I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're pretty, it's easy to tell a big buck from a average buck, you know? And, um, but what I find, the reason I find it is a lot of the areas I've been, and I've been to a lot of areas is, um, that June portion, I can scout a lot quicker. I can go, I, you know, I feel like the animals are out longer. They're highly visible, and especially goes for country that dries out by July, you know, highly visible. They're red. They're like out with vigor. 
And I feel like the some of the bigger animals I found don't have that wariness they get a little later in the summer. Whereas you'll notice, I've noticed bachelor groups of bucks that I've watched and then from June to August. And in June, it, she was number one, one of the biggest bucks I've ever seen in the general unit. I found him June 22nd, the day the Idaho draw came out. And I didn't draw anything, so I went and got to this unit. Yeah. And I found this buck. He was with nine other bucks. And the buck, I mean, I already knew he was towed right then, you know. And it was by an area I was kind of working out, so I kept on. I had opportunities to see him multiple times. And by the time mid-July hit around, you know, I didn't, I didn't get tunnel vision on that buck. I was looking for, I think I'd, I'd already seen a lot of other bucks, but he was by far the best one. By the time July came around, you go look for that buck. I'd find him because I knew exactly where he was. And I can find the other bucks. Like, I'd find the other eight bucks all the time, and I wouldn't find him, you know, far less. And I'd find him sometimes. He'd be with the group. The next day, he'd be in a little pocket because I, I would blast into the country from, from where they were at. He had been in a little pocket. 300 yards from the bucks and he'd just be just feeding in a little breath in a little pocket you know a little um patch and you wouldn't you wouldn't have seen you would never have found him if you weren't looking like super in depth like what i'm talking about in that the fourth phase of scouting i'm looking at this country and i'm blasting it hard because there was a lot of country to look at and it was all pretty similar and if you were spending your time you would have never picked that book out unless you knew exactly where you were looking and I would have never found that buck if I didn't find him in June. And that goes for a lot of the country, you know, bucks I found. You know, you find, um, like, it's like it's way better to go cover on the ground where you're looking and you're, 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 you're effectively finding animals the entire time. You know, like, they're out. Like, you know, they're out feeding more. So you cover a lot more ground versus trying to, like, going in August when you got to pick the country apart. It's hard, you know, like you don't know what country you're looking at. So if you go in in June and you find 60% more animals that are out longer, and so you can you can you can find all the pockets of animals a lot quicker, rather than only having a small window to find those animals, and you might not even cover enough ground to even find any good animals, you know. And so I feel like you get to cover a lot more ground and find all your pockets, and then whenever it gets late, you know, later in the season, later in the scouting season, then you can focus on pockets but you already have pockets identified. So you're not, you're not, you're not hitting a new pocket that you don't even know has animals or not. At least, you know, there's animals in those pockets. And, uh, I just feel, I feel it's like 60, at least 60% better to find, um, animals early than it is when it gets hot. And you know, sometimes those I've seen areas, yeah. areas I've seen, I've, I'm not, I'm not here. One area I glassed it in June. I found, 35 bucks or 30 some odd bucks, you know, it was in the thirties, um, in one morning from one ridge. Um, and I went back there probably, this was like, you know, late June, maybe July 1st. I went back there in August. I found one really good buck. I went back there in August and it was hot. I seen like two bucks and they were there, but they were just bad. I mean, they were moving into, they were moving to bed up like, when it's getting light i know you know and you would you know unless you knew where you were looking i mean you weren't gonna find those Mm -hmm. and and then also another um 
uh, another uh, reason behind that is the, um, you know, like you got, you know, you have a shorter window, but in a lot of the West, we have fires and try to go scout a unit when it's smoky and you can't pick, if you can't, especially if you can't pick your days to go, that unit could be, I mean, it could be a waste. I've had some years out in Montana, Idaho, um, where you have, uh, you know, you have those fires, even if they're coming from California, the smoke funneling up and there's no way to glass, you know, like you're going to see something like 200 yards from here, you see nothing, you know, and, and, and especially if you took a trip from back East and you came out to the West and you picked a, you know, Oh, I'm going to go scout August, this, this time in August. And like, you go out there and you don't even, you don't, you're, you're no better than if you didn't scout it, you know, as far as actually finding the animals. Yeah. 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 I, I agree with that. This buck that I shot last year in, in Idaho was kind of the same. Like I literally found them. I don't remember the date. It was like mid June, maybe like later June. I found them and then we went into like a few other areas, tried to hit the backside of where I thought those bucks could also be. And just with like other commitments, didn't get back in there until like August to scout and shush, I didn't see anything and was like, ah, I don't know what to do. Yep. Yeah, that's a, and I, I beat that one, but that's definitely, I think, I think that's the most overlooked time. And it's, it's in my opinion, the, definitely the most effective time to finding animals, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that was a place that I fell back on when it started, when that snowstorm pushed through, because I was like, it's kind of my best option. Like I know that there were deer there and they're probably still there. And like, sure enough, like I shot that buck like 300 yards from where I had glassed those other, uh, deer in the summer from like same Ridge, everything. And that was in October. So. Yep. No, I'm with you. I think when a buck moves into an area, he's there, you know, for the most part, (laughs) you know, so it's like, uh, what's the point of, you know, you know, looking when you're not going to see him (laughs) versus when you're going to see him, you know? Yeah. Just to see yeah, the, yeah, for the, sure. The horn that he grows, you know, you know that's about what it's going to amount to, you know, or twenty inches or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. So, um, do you like to do the same thing for elk? Yeah, I do. I'm a elk. I do the same thing for elk. You know, one thing I do though is, you know, obviously cow. I, I find a lot of the cows like you know they're in the they're in the basins lower, especially early on. Um, you know, in that nice meadowy country, and then you find the bulls up in the you know, in the pockets. And you know what? I find, I find like they're in that, a lot of times they're in the rut. They're like in between, you know, sometimes they will be, the cows will actually move up to those, you know, cause those, those green, those green meadows and stuff. They either, sometimes they get pressure more or, um, or they help just move in between, you know, or they even go up to those, I've found them in those bull zones too. Um, so it's not just finding cows or finding bulls, you know, obviously, finding a lot of rubs. So covering a lot of ground is important. You know, finding, you find spots where you think they, they rub out pretty hard or, you know, you know, from past year's rubs, you know, that's always a good indicator. Um, but I, I, you know, I look, I look basically the same for deer as I do elk, you know, um, and I'm, but I'm looking, obviously, uh, you know, you get to the high country, there's more chance that the bucks will be in the exact spot versus, um, versus elk but with that being said i elk hunt a lot different than i deer hunt um elk hunting elk are far more easy to see than deer so you don't have to spend as much time picking the country apart and so Mm -hmm. i hunt elk a lot more mobile 
I find I find a lot of bulls, but I, you know, I, when I when I find a buck, a bull in a basin, okay, I, I or find some bulls in a basin, I'm I consider that whole drainage, you know, to be that hunting that elk, you know, you know, I'm gonna have an easier chance of seeing them. I'm not expecting them to be in the same bowl, you know, as I did. But if I if I know they're in that in that basin, then I feel pretty confident about hunting those elk in that basin later. I find them in the same basins all the time, you know, the cows. If I find a a group of cows down in a in some you know meadows below and the bulls on the back on the backside, I know I hunt that country. I'm gonna I have a good chance of finding that same herd. And so sweet, perfect. Um, one thing, um, one thing I you know like you, you get caught up finding bucks in a particular habitat. One thing I've noticed is some of the biggest bucks and even the biggest bulls are in places that you wouldn't. Yeah, you wouldn't even expect. I think that's how some of those older, the oldest animals get old by kind of living out of the norm a little bit. So I still look at, you know, it's kind of contradictory a little bit, but I look at, I'm always, that's why you want to keep scouting and keep looking. Um, so, you know, when you find animals in those spots, they're, they're uh, I've, you know, I've, I feel that sometimes those animals actually hang out even, you know, bulls hang out in that country more than they do, you know, as far as, I mean, for a lot, you know, a little bit more consistent than they do in other areas. I found like the two biggest bucks that I found in my life were in spots. There really, really wasn't any deer and they were, uh, and they were just in a weird spot and that's why they were old, you know, just like security all the time. Yep. Not like, like being really visible, like some bucks will, and then moving like after they strip, like move into the timber, like they're just in the timber all the time. Yeah. Well, so this one spot, there was all these bulls, high country bulls. And I was actually elk hunting and I find the elk, I found the elk in this country and it was, it was like everybody overlooked this country for elk, but there were so many elk and it was insane. But what happens was there's all this great looking elk country and everybody's hunting. There's high pressure to over the counter archery. Everybody's hunting that stuff. And I found this pocket by accident and it was country that looks just winter range country, you know? And kind of ugly. <laughs> it had, I mean, drier, but it had something that gave the elk security. And I found some, you know, just, you know, the elk were in the same exact spots from during the summer, early season, summer, hunting season, late hunting season, and uh, in the winter range. And, uh, um, and it was, I was shocked nobody hunted them, but I found a buck in that country. Uh, by the far the biggest buck I've seen in my life to this day. And it would just blow your mind. But he was in a spot where everybody, if anybody would yield your hunt in there, they would have went to those high bowls up because there was a lot of more deer in those bowls up high. And, uh, yep. you know, and he was just, I just accidentally catch him, you know, walking from one tree to the net, you know, next tree, you know, kind of feeding down a little opening. So it's like, uh, when you find stuff like that, they just, I, they think they seem to more, you know, hang out there, uh, longer periods sweet so what uh just in that in the earlier june time frame like when you're scouting that early what are you looking at uh horn growth wise what can you expect i've seen it bounce so like in june this last year those two bucks that i found the like mid later june and i found a couple more that were kind of the same way too there was one buck that seemed to be like bigger bodied, older. I mean, just seemed to be older just cause like bigger body, just, you know, the way he carried himself. Um, and 
he didn't have as much horn growth as the buck that looked smaller. Like he just didn't seem to be near as finished out. Right. I, um, I find, uh, uh, um, I find that, uh, you know, they're kind of, um, the ones that are, you know, it, it depends what part of June you're looking at. Cause I feel like June there, there's, there's those antlers are skyrocketing fast, you know? So like, I feel like, you know, you find a, you know, if you find them June 15th or earlier, they got a ways to grow, but I've kind of found them running when I actually see the same buck later. I haven't seen them like certain bucks closing the gaps on other bucks. You know, I usually see, you know, kind of a, uh, um, you know, they're bigger, you know, it depends on, like you said, like maybe they have a lot more mass and they might, uh, you know, some of those bucks, you know, you can't, you get a little bit less, you know, they, you know, maybe a little less being able to tell you know, on their overall length, mm-hmm. they, they haven't started growing that to, to that part of their antlers as quick. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, by the late part of June, you know, that's pretty, they're pretty well on their way to define what they're going to be. And yeah, I, nice. I, even from June, like say June 20th to July 4th, there's a change that goes on there. And like, I've seen some of the biggest bucks almost be like, they haven't, they don't really change any time after that, you know, I mean, they might grow, I mean, you know, when you see them, you know, they might, they might be bigger, but it, they almost look where the, you know, like I have video of one and he's looked the same as he did, you know, you know, in the end of July, you know. Yeah. Gotcha. Sweet. Um, okay. So how much emphasis do you put on, uh, marking water in an area? Like, I would say more like, well, I I think just in general, like what kind of emphasis do you put on water for deer and elk? I put, um, it, it all depends on the unit. There's some areas that it's some of those high country units, they're getting a lot, a lot of them are getting water from multiple sources or they, or if you, you know, you don't have a good, you know, there's no effective way of hunting water or knowing which water they're hitting or if, if you know, there's, you know, you know, there's just plenty of water. Like in North Idaho, throw water out of the park. You know, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> um, but you know, you go down into some areas, and even in the same unit, you have a. A lot of times, you have a rain shadow. Water is extremely uh-huh. important in like a, one of the areas that was, you know, one of my, one of my favorite areas. It was really, really dry last summer, and actually, um, the water holes dried up. I found that they were dried up during the summer. And I didn't even really spend any time in on the best part of the unit, my favorite part of the unit. I didn't really spend any time because it was so dry that I went further to a, you know, a different portion where you had more water and the bulls had doubled up. I mean, they had, I think most of the elk had moved away from that water. I mean, moved away from that dry stuff where they typically is better. I mean, it's really good habitat, but it means it was so dry and the water holes, they only have so many water holes they were dried up mm-hmm. so they just moved out um but if you have um in in particular country that doesn't have a lot of water on a regular year you'll find like that's where i like some of that country the best and the reason why is even if the elk don't aren't in that where that creek that springs at they might every single day they might be coming into that spring it's it could be a a just absolute gold mine for finding 
bulls if you find them in the right i mean if you find the spring that in the right spot where they have enough security like i have spots that are like almost uh they're pretty much guaranteed to be on elk every single day even if you bust them out another group might come in from the other side hit that water so they're hitting that water and they have a um you know they just have a uh and they need to drink so they'll you know they'll be coming in there a lot more than they would if they if you're on a, a spot that has a lot of water and they get busted shoot they have another spot they can go to um so finding good water sources in dry country for elk in particular is is very important nice um all right this is kind of a is a broad question, but uh, big deer versus big elk habitat. Um, my favorite, um, you know, for 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 big bucks is you know I I I was I was I, was, I started out on high country. It's like I I always loved that high country bulls. You know, I when I got started, and I find a lot of I find more consistent you know, good bucks in that country, you know, just cause they, you know, they, you know, that's where they want to be. And they're separated from the, usually in that time, you know, they're, that's buck country, you know, if you're finding the right type mm-hmm. and there, there's going to be a more consistency of big bucks because, you know, you're, I don't know, they're just where bucks, you don't find a lot of doe overlap a lot of time, you know, on the bottoms you will, but I find that's probably the, uh, the best, but not necessarily the most secure. And sometimes the biggest bucks, aren't in that country because they find out that they get killed, you know, especially now versus, you know, before now, a lot of people kind of identify that high country as butt country. So they all, I feel like it's hunted more. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, no, more than a hat used to, cause it used to be like, you know, it's kind of hard to get back in there. I think now we have a lot more of these hunters nowadays will go, you know, they'll get more people in those, in those bowls. Um, now on, on bulls, um, it's really, um, I find, I like to, I like this, I like to hunt country that I can see the, um, on ridges that I can cover a lot of ground on because, you know, elk move quick and that you can see a lot of country because I feel elk are more, or they're different than bucks. Um, mm-hmm. usually the elk are going to come to the cows and they're going to do their rut and they're going to move, you know, you know, when you go post, you know, um, post hunt, you know, post rut hunts, you know, different story, but I feel that the, um, you know, more of the elk are going to get intermingled. They're going to move, you know, so you're going to be, you want to hunt country that you can hunt a lot of country on, like say, I like to run a spine of a ridge that has bulls on multiple sides that, you know, you're, you can, you have a chance of glassing more elk, you know, or more spots to glass. Cause that's how you find elk, you know, cause elk might be here one day and the next day or the next draw. So I want to do that and elk, I don't, I feel you find them you know, like during the rut anyways, you find them based on being where all the elk are at. So you're not looking in the hardest bowl to find an elk, you know, big bull. Now when you get, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? So it's different. Like, whereas a buck, he's got to, he's got to get past those people. And, um, and the only way to do so is to be out of the way, you know, like you could be, you can be in the best deer basin that has the most deer and and but people know about it and it gets hunted hard that's not the spot you're going to find a big buck you know you might see a lot of bucks but you're not going to find a big buck there unless he was there for one day and he knew once people started showing up he bombs out so 
So you're looking for bucks in a, in, you know, in places that you're not going to expect people or you're going to find uh, he has a way of surviving. Whereas elk, you hit those best bowls, the basins where all the elk are at, you know, a lot of times that's where you're going to find the big bulls too, just cause they get, they get, they get, they, they get over to that country, you know? And, um, mm-hmm. that's why I rifle a lot of general rifle hunts for deer. I mean, for elk, you know, where you have good habitat, there's not very many good bulls just for raghorn hunts, you know, because those bulls are very susceptible once they get herded up with the cows. So, um, it, you know what I mean? I don't think they, um, they live as long, um, based on, uh, you know, it's a, it's more of a pressure thing. Whereas a big buck can get old in a, in a, even in a general unit because he, he lives in a spot where he's not ever getting hunted, you know, or like he's staying away and being, being sneaky and he, you know, unless they get rut hunted, they don't really have that same, whereas they all kind of have that, they're so much more hunted, you know, on, you know, on, or, you know, yeah. uh, on average, you know, you know, it's harder to get a in late November tag for deer than it is to get a, September archery tag or an early rifle elk hunt, you know. So I feel like elk, I'm going to go into, you know, obviously a spot that you can get away from roads most is going to be the most beneficial for a big bull. And that's what I like. Um, in less trails, if I can get away from country that has no horses, then my odds just go up and up for finding those big bulls consistently. But that's definitely the, uh, um, you know, trying to find uh, the the best elk habitat, whereas deer, you're looking. That's why scouting for deer is a lot harder and it's more exciting to me. Because when I find a big yeah. buck, oh, I love those damn things. Yeah, because you know, elk are easier to you know in that way. Because you know, I can go and I find all these elk. I'm gonna find the bulls when the rut hits. Where when you go for deer, you gotta find that big buck because you can't just go. Well, I'm gonna hit the, the big bucks are gonna be running on this ridge. They're not gonna be. You know, you gotta find them in their little hole in the little pocket and so that's where you're looking for bucks versus elk you know and then same thing yeah. when you eight elk um i like november hunting for elk i mean it's pretty phenomenal you get the, me too it's basically bull. deer hunting yeah and what happens is those a lot of i mean some areas so you get some like late october you get those bulls they'll get into kind of hard spots where you know where they can kind of be on the backside. you know you might even be on a north slope but, you know, so you got to get in some hard country because they'll, you know, before they hit the winter range, you know, they'll kind of, they're already worn out and they kind of hit those spots. But if you find one of those bulls, very killable. And then, um, and then once you hit that, you know, once the snow starts hitting, you hit November. Yeah. Then you just want to, like, if you see cows and stuff uh, and you see lots of little bulls go up higher, <laughs> you know, get back further. Those all kind of, I feel that they move. And then they get they stage up as high as they can be, but on the path down to the winter range. And if you find those spots, you should have, you know, that's to me that's the that's better than the rut, the the hunt. But it's kind of uncomfortable because you're dealing with weather, with weather and um, you know, snow and it's cold. Yeah, yeah, dude, I feel the same. I feel the exact same way as far as elk, like. I would rather like take a rifle late season and uh and try to go after the big bulls that are I mean basically acting like mule deer a lot of the time um in the early season cuz they're like they're tucked away from the cows and uh and so that was actually a question that I had for you too is like finding the big bulls late season it's hard to like have a big herd of elk 
and not like keep an eye on them, you know, um, and then stretch off and go find uh, the big bulls. Yeah. So, uh, same thing. So every once in a while you find a big herd of elk. I've seen them even late November where you have one, I've seen a giant bull a couple of years ago with the, like 200 cows, which is usually not the case. You know, sometimes they just still hang out. So you always want to look, but I predominantly find you're seeing a lot of cows and a lot of small bulls got to go up because they definitely, they do not hang together. And almost every winter range I've been, you know, like those, they're always, they're, they're a step back. So I find a lot of people get, get infatuated with seeing all those elk and they've seen all these elk that they hunt that spot where those bulls are not, they're just back. They're not, they're, they're going to the same place, but they might never make it. You know, they don't, they have that, um, they don't, they don't go all the way down unless they have to. So you just want to go back and like, you'll hit, you might hit a zone where you're not seeing any tracks. And I think that, I think that's what people are like, Oh, we're going to keep hunting these elk. And I've seen, I've seen some incredible spots on um, bulls and with a huge migration. I've seen thousands of elk and I, and you don't see those bulls. And so everybody kind of, okay, this is where the elk are at. But then you go back two steps and all of a sudden you start finding bulls and then you start finding bulls all over and that's where, and they're usually uh, mature bulls. So that's why I like November hunting, but it's definitely, you got to be able to, you got to, you got to go back another step, you know, it could be, like yeah. I said, uncomfortable because it, it, it's elevation, I think is the biggest thing. So you, instead of going after those, in those foothills, you got to go get, get up that next level. You might be a 2000 foot climb and, and two foot of snow or, or a foot of snow, you know, uh, on the north slope or something to get up there because they'll they'll get on those south facing slopes where you got burn off and uh but up on the you know on those little knobs and stuff and and so you want to uh um you know, getting uh, uh what do you call it definitely uh doing a little separation there from the from the big herds of cows yep yeah they're just uh very pocketized and it's usually in pretty nasty like gnarly places that you got to go in and get them. Yep. No, and a lot of times, um, it just depends on the country, really, because there's I've been all over, and I find one of the spots that I find that the bulls the most, like in, I mean, it's in some thick country. I found bulls, big bastard groups, where they summered at, in snow, like that was up to my thigh on the north, on the north slope like weird I, are you going up the mountain you see all these cows and stuff and then like i don't know like it was only because i had seen them before that you keep going and like you get into this dead mm-hmm. zone i got into this dead zone and then um and you don't see any tracks so like i kept going you know i had seen them there before and you get over the top and that's where their rubs were at and they're on this north north slope and every year they're in there and they're on the north slope with all this deadfall and you can't even stand up because you just keep slipping on the, you know, the snow's so deep. But I think they just have that security up there. But they're right on the, but the, when I find them, they're like I said, they're all like on a on a cusp of being able to go downhill. You know, like they can get there quick if they need to. But they, uh, you know, they'll be up in those, you know, just that, those nasty pockets. Yeah. Just tough, man. They're tough animals. Uh, so we've talked a bit about like slopes, you know, just like in you explaining some of the stuff slopes. Can you give just like a 
brief kind of overview of slopes, like what generally they mean, like a north facing versus a south facing, like what they're good for type of a deal? It really depends on, um, you know, what area, because, you know, what, what habitat's growing, you know, like uh, um, I feel it, you know, it depends on what vegetation is popping up, but, you know, some south slopes, you know, I, I you know, obviously early season, you know, elk are going to, you know, on, on average, they're going to like that on a, a north slope where they can get into timber. Um, and, uh, you know, and I find them a ton of the upper, upper parts of those slopes a lot of times, you know, if I'm just taking, talking average, um, or they have like a north slope with the, uh, with the, a timber cut or a, something that has some feed on it um, some meadows or something that like on the side of a mountain where they, it might be, it doesn't have to be big either where they'll come and feed at night or in the more evening or mm-hmm. morning. Those are, like I was up in this one country, gnarly country um, and up in the cellway actually. And uh, it was like, uh, they were, they were all these elk. There were some really good bulls in there and they were feeding. It really wasn't a big area to, but they're going to some, the nasty, nasty, dense, you know, timber where you ain't, you're going to pull them out of that brush, but they were just going in this little pocket. Just depends on like the time of year for sure. It, Seems like it flip flops around a little bit, how much snow there is. Yeah, oh, definitely. It, definitely. And even, uh, even when you hit the snow is definitely a big factor there. So um, yeah, sorry. A second ago, I kind of got what I was talking about, <laughs> but anyways, on okay. the, uh, I, I find, I love when they hit the south facing slopes, like when you get later season, but it takes a certain temperature and, um, you know, and snow to get them off there. Cause they'll, they'll stick on the North slopes. Cause there's usually a lot of brush on the tops on, you know, and they'll, they'll stick on those slopes. If it's warm, a lot of, and it depends on the country, but mm-hmm. there's a trigger that gets them to that South side. And when they hit that South side or those, or they, even the North side where they're kind of working right on the ridge lines, you know, where they kind of, want to get sunning themselves when you hit that part of the season man it's unbelievable <laughs> um you know if you have some warm i've had some warm warm novembers where you like the year before you've seen them all over the place and the next time you don't but then when you get to go look on the north side they're you know they just still on that side um i find you know like you know a lot of east facing slopes um can be pretty really good sometimes it just depends on the habitat so that's where it is about learning the unit you know when you scout once you find out what habitat the animals are using that's what's important part like uh you know one unit they might eat if they're eating this they're eating this food and that food only grows you know there's some south spaces that you know some areas um you have you don't have very much feed on the uh, north slope you know so they all mm-hmm. move off of the north slope timber to the south face to feed you know then you have another unit where that feed on that south slope they don't even use you know, so unless it was just, you know, really cold and a lot of snow and there, there's enough feet on the north slope or the east slope, you know, so in a general turn, you know, generally, you just got to find out what they're eating and, you know, what they're, um, um, but not and actually last year to, um, so I was in a mule deer area and I went, it was a late, a late mule deer hunt and, uh, uh, archery and I had, and it was an, kind of an area i'd been and but i hadn't really spent a lot of time and i found a spot that i had identified on a map and that i had seen the country before 
Oh, all these deer are gonna in that country, south facing. It was like a south east facing slopes, right? You know, in a in the unit not too far from there, you see a lot of bucks, especially in late season. And mm-hmm. I got up there and I went in five miles, didn't see a deer or a deer track. <laughs> and I'm coming up the east southeast slopes, and these all these fingers coming off. Like if you had been in a different unit, you'd be like, dude, this is gonna be packed. Didn't even I seen like one deer track, and it was weird. I'm like, okay, this is kind of weird, but I, but I kept going. You know, I just you know already spent the morning hiking across the big, big creek and you know, the ice. You know, pretty much got, uh, you know, just hard creek crossing and everything. You know, up a big old two thousand foot. You know, got up two thousand foot. Anyways, I'm I work and I start get I'm walking, I'm just heading down the spine, and I look back where I'm, where it hitting the west, southwest facing slope. And I, my first pocket, I also spot like nine deer, you know, in this little pocket. And there's one brush they're feeding on. I'm like, okay. So then I keep going and I got to the last pocket and, and, um, dude, I don't know. I started, and when this brush was only feeding, it was only on these, um, on this west, southwest facing pockets. And I got to this big bull and it was humongous. And then there were, there was no telling how many deer in there. I bought it. I don't know, 40 plus bucks. And they were, Jeez. there was a pre- post rut and they were just bedded up. There were lots of does and they were just, they weren't really ready. There was a couple of bucks rutting still, but it was, it was phenomenal how like they didn't even touch that other country. And they were all, that's their feed. You got to find what they're eating at in a unit. And then, when you see the most deer, like, okay, that's where they're going to be at. And that's where they were. They weren't even anywhere except for where that brush was at. Man, I love finding stuff out like that. Or like when you figure it out, it seems like you've moved so far ahead of like where you were that morning, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, like, 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 like if you just base it on, that's why scouting, you know, you always want to learn it because, like I've been in, you know, like I already kind of already said prior, but like the exact country that was a different unit in a different area that didn't have that as much of that brush, the deer were packed in that exact spots where I went through and I didn't see deer in five miles, you know? So there's, you know what I mean? So like, it made the country was a little different, you know, they had a, they had a little less sagebrush, you know, they're, you know, so they had, you, you know, you might you'd have to really start looking at the habitat to know why there's not deer in there that but you look at a different unit that seems the same but there's no deer and there's deer there might be just either they don't have the they don't have the candy you know that does candy or ice cream to them and in that unit so they Mm -hmm. they, they'll go to that stuff whereas that unit they're gonna go to the ice cream so you just got to find what you know what they're feeding on and what they love and that's where they're gonna be especially late like that but i still yeah what they like still late you know it was early season, you know, um, the bucks will still be in there. You know, the, the deer will still be in there. Um, but, you know, they can be, the bucks can be, a lot of the bucks can be up some high country bulls. Um, and then same with elk, you know, you'll find something that the elk like, and there's a reason they're there. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, I don't know, even with those deer last year, last summer, like I was looking in places where I'm thinking like, All right, this is going to be loaded with deer. This is going to be great. And where I saw them was like on an off ridge. It looked like they were freaking eating on the moon. Like, but for whatever reason, like that's what they liked. That forage 
or whatever they were eating on. Like that's what they preferred. And then, you know, by just looking at where they were, I was like, all right, well, apply what this looks like to other areas. And I, that might be a little leg up to, to find some more. Oh, definitely. And then one other little thing that can, uh, that can make people think that animals are on a certain slope and are not another. So you always want, that's why I like during the day, I like to just cover ground. Like there's obviously tracks and rubs and elk sign and deer sign don't really lie, but you can look at it and you don't see anything during prime time. And you're like, Oh, there's nothing there. Like there's one unit in particular that I spent a lot of time in. Like if you go in there and you're looking for elk and you look at, the east facing slope, kind of similar to the west facing slope. You know, so you got one side of the valley and the other side, you know, the same country, a little bit, I mean, just a little bit different, but very similar. So you'll, you'll glass the west face, or sorry, the east face. And it's the way in the morning time you can catch, like you can catch the, you know, you can catch some of the elk on, you know, it's for some reason, it's one of those units you find them better in the evening time. So that's one thing you got to also remember. They might not be coming out in the morning or evening, but you can catch them because you have the sun kind of coming up and you can catch them before they leave that sun. You know, the, the sun hits that side first. And, and for some reason on the, when you glass the east side, the sun kind of, you know, like, I don't, I don't know what it is. They're not really, I don't find them out really very often in the morning and, uh, and the sun kind of hitting you in the eyes anyways. And it's just the angle of the mountain, really hard to see. And like, so like you look at one side, you always see more elk. On average day, you'll see, you know, far more elk on the west facing slope than you will the east facing slope. Sorry, the east facing slope versus the west facing slope. I'm getting them backwards. Mm-hmm. Okay, but then, but then in the evening time, the sun is hitting that east, that west facing slope all the way until right before it gets dark because there's some high mountains. And when the sun goes down, it goes down like in minutes, you know? So it's yeah. like, it's, it's, they don't even come out on that side. Whereas the, the uh, east facing slope, trying to think, yeah, so the east facing slope, you'll start, to, they'll come out a couple hours before it gets dark because the sun's already past them and it's angled away and, you, and it's getting, you know, the shade's already there. And you start to see so elk. It's cooling in, off, yeah. Yeah, cooling off for it. You'll see elk in there. But, on on every once in a while you'll get some storm blowing or some weather blowing and uh where it gets cloudy so it fakes it all out you know it's really cloudy and it's all is you know now it's like even playing field i've seen that west facing slope that if you would glass it for three days you might not see an elk you know unless you're looking right where they you know i know where to look at so i'd see them i've seen the i don't know the best I don't know, like the, just one of those days that you're like, I just found like the best place in the history of elk cuttings. You know, it's we're not really, but you know, in my opinion, you know, at the, you know, at the time I found yeah. it, and it just happened to have to have that condition because they come out at dark, and then you, you start to look at it more and you see them come out right when it's getting dark. But if that weather takes them out, you know, then all, all of a sudden, dude, where all these freaking bulls come from, just blown up, thing. Yeah. And then when you go walk into that country, it doesn't look like you'd even want to walk up in there. You walk up in there, you'll see these just uh, just tracked up and just rubbed out. You know, just just insane amount of elk. But if you glass it and it's all open as heck and you think, oh, I've been seeing all these elk and, and you don't. But there's just a, you know, you just got to, that's why getting boots on the ground and getting up there and really 
finding out before you just, you know, so that, I guess that's kind of one thing that could make somebody think they're on one slope versus the other slope when, you know, that's why there's a lot more, that's scouting is more than just looking, you know, you gotta, it's, that's why I like it so much. There's so many variables to it. There's no like one size fits all. Yeah. Yeah. I dude, I love it too. And that's like the time of year where I feel like I get my, you know, I like backpacking. So I feel like I get my backpacking in that time of year when it's nice. And then when it comes hunting season, then I just adjust for like whatever we found during scouting and whatever's going to work best type of a deal. And then we can hunt hard like that. So the last kind of, I guess the last little thing I had written down to talk to you about is burns. And I know you could go in like super in depth on burns, but do you put an emphasis on them if they are in an area or, um, yeah, it just seems like people are like, Oh, that area burnt. Like we're going to the burn. Yeah. Burns are, um, extremely, uh, what do you call it? Um, you have to scout them because some of the best areas I've ever found are burned. Some of the worst areas I've found are burns, you know, like I found burns in some Southern countries, Southern, you know, like not just the Southern, but more drier country. It depends how hot it burns. I find that it changed that, you know, I've had it where the only place you didn't see animals was in that burn. And, uh, and I've also had it where it just, it turned, it transformed country that wasn't even certain habitat and just an extremely good habitat, you know, uh, where you had this, all the animals, it actually, it actually, uh, shoot, one, you know, a couple spots have like literally turned it from un, not even a habitat, certain animals to become a, a more than a habitat, you know, like to become their, you know, that's the old actually population growth, you know, or turn to, you know, a small beard into a big beard. But, but, there's so many different variables to it, you know, depending where it burns, how it burns, what their, what, what brush is growing. Um, like, uh, like one area, you know, like it's, it's weird. Cause I've had one, one area that was phenomenal deer habitat prior to a burn average at best elk habitat, which, you know, and then the, in the, in the same burn, it burned in multiple places, but, one spot burnt a lot hotter than another spot. And I've noticed, you know, over the course of a couple of years afterwards, that, that one spot that was just a mule deer mecca, I didn't, I couldn't find, find any deer for several years after. And it became just an elk just off the charts. But in, in this brush grew up that I'd never seen before in there. And the elk ate it, but the deer didn't eat it. Whereas just on the other side, and the deer never really came back in there the same um, because it burnt so hot and it just changed the habitat and the elk kind of love mm-hmm. it. I mean, it's too easy to elk hunt because, you know, elk are more vulnerable. Like that. Uh, and then you got to like just in miles away, the deer just blew up, you know, like it became, it was the, the, the brush that opened up and the, uh, all the timber burned off and the way the brush came up, you know, maybe not as it, elk, Get, uh, get a lot more out of burns initially then you get more grasses and whatnot um, but then you know it takes a few years you know some four to five years sometimes before the deer stuff comes in but then the deer stuff came in really good and so that was really great deer habitat um, and then you know like it, it so it's 
it's highly variable on uh, uh you know what yeah. how a burn is and that's why getting boots on the ground and kind of like uh learning to burn like if it burned on these slopes you know in this in this particular region you know it has a really good chance of like coming you know this kind of a method there's some areas that don't really have yoder habitat and you get a burn all of a sudden that's the new mildew habitat you know and then yeah some areas you know that uh you know like that don't have a lot of feed or like a lot of open feed and you get that burn for like two or three years that's a an elk you know they, they're just gonna hit it hard you know so he's kind of don't, don't want to tell everybody which one so they would know where to go you know but um yeah so this is cool that there's a lot of variables but there's no one size fits all again it's like you know there's like uh, you know i've been in areas that were back country that you think oh man that burn is gonna be so awesome when you go on there and like like it still looks like the moon even though it has some like bear grass clumps and stuff that grow up it's like mm-hmm. you know it's just not not habitat for the animals and they don't even like it you know it's like they're not even there and then i've had like, the same exact unit like you know i've had one area in the in the cellway like one side like i was so disappointed i was all excited about this burn and then i was sending like the you know i go the next day i went to a, this is how fast I'll, I'll move 20 miles away you know just the next for the next morning they get on the other side i was like just you just you walk in the dark you know to my glass and spot my like, something looks different here this just looks right you know and all of a sudden you know starts finding these big old bucks and um just having one of those awesome days you know but you know so it's like a it's really it's all about habitat in the end of the you know end so it's what yeah. what out of the habitat from it is going to dictate whether it's good or not yeah do you have any do you have any tips on just hunting burns and in, in- general because they can really be a pain in the ass uh i was i tried to hunt a burn this year a little bit and i was further away from it than maybe i thought i did and by the time i finally saw a buck i was like hell no like no wonder we're not seeing anything you can like you have to really keep your eyes glued on him to even keep track of him and there's no way you're glassing up something you know from this far away so that is something a little goofy too is like you almost have to hunt it a little bit different because it's it's not open like it's hard to see it's not and and it's weird to like you know how deer can be gray and all those deadfall like burns can be the most frustrating things to glass but they seem and i even find it in big country that has a lot of really nice open green terrain especially in august you know like in june you might see them all in august it comes around and so what happens is you get i call it too much green too much green so you have too many places you're looking at you think you're going to see deer or elk so easy that you you're looking at too much country and um and you have to find out that's one thing about getting confident in the area find out how you you actually want to see deer or elk and how you're seeing them because a lot of times you think they're going to be easier than they are and they're not Whereas sometimes in burns, the only way, I mean, you can look at the, you could be, I've, I've been in a burn that had so many tracks in it, just incredible. And then I'm like, I only see, the only way I was seeing deer was I was jumping them and I was jumping them all over the place, but I wasn't glassing any deer. Like this doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's open heck in here, you know, it's like, but you're seeing a lot of deer, just like, you're like, you're looking at miles of open burn country and then you're seeing deer, but you only see them with your eyes because 
you're not looking hard enough. You're not looking at them from right in your binoculars. You know, you got to use. I would definitely recommend having a tripod. And they blend in so well that you gotta. I mean, it's definitely. You know what I mean? It's like you gotta look. You gotta find out what it takes to look for those deer. And the only way to do that is to like you know, is really to slow way down, because you look at all that open stuff and you like go past every deer and you want to see one deer. And was, I've been, I've glassed up bucks a hundred yards away incredible bucks and they're like they're just like with that burn the way the burn is they just like blend in unless you are going so slow and you're looking for pieces and parts of an animal you'll never see them you know like you're looking to see like these deer just all in this open landscape and it doesn't ever work that way <laughs> yeah Even it is burns are not easy oh and then but like so there's one spot i did a scouting package for this guy um, a long time ago and it's he does incredible but it's one of those spots like he, like he got there and he's like man this place sucks i ain't seen crap but there's tracks everywhere and it wasn't until he just started sitting down and just using tripod and spotting scope and uh and just picking it apart that he became a, like his go-to spot forever and he like dude really he did he goes back every year and his buddies and they kill good bucks and it's because they don't even go any they don't even go in that far they just go and sit down and start picking it apart from tree to tree. And there's a lot of animals in there. It's just, you know, you get there and you look at this whole mountainside and you're like, um, you, you scan it, you're thinking you should see everything. And you're like, ah, oh, crap, I can't see anything. But you just got to look at the second level, even the grass and you might not even seem like it's that high. Um, but it's like, they just blend. And if you don't, you're not completely steel. And all of a sudden, like you see that flicker of an ear, you're like, I got a glass is different, you know? Cause they don't stand out like mm-hmm. short there. Snow is their weakness, yeah. though. So tough. Like snow is uh, definitely. What did you say? Oh, the different. snow. Oh, yeah. When it snows, it's a different snow? ball game. Yeah, different ball game in that burn country. Yeah, burn country. People would hunt it. It's hard to walk in sometimes, but you could track bucks good in that country. If you find a good country that has a lot of bucks in it, uh, or you know there's a lot of tracks in there, and you go. You start, you know, like it's still hard to see the deer, but if you can start, you can get on a good buck track. I mean, you can, yeah, you can catch them a lot of times before they can catch you because that at least you kind of know where they're going and you can see far enough in that burn. And, you know, whereas before they, they you couldn't see it far enough and they kind of jump, you, you know, you jump them and you don't even know you jumped them. So it definitely offers opportunities to just kind of get a hundred different than you do other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But uh yeah, it can be dang frustrating. But always but, look that's why you walk around and look at the tracks. If there's a ton of tracks, you know that then you know that's probably a good burn to look at. If you walk around there and it looks like you're not seeing anything, you know, you want to look you don't want to cover a lot of it, you don't want to give it up on it. But you know, you look walk around and you, you see a lot of tracks, I definitely figure a way to find those deer they're findable and then yeah. if, if you don't see anything i'd like you know move on i guess yeah yeah going to some different country sweet man well that's all i had written down for you is there anything else you want to you want to cover and dive into uh no i think that was that's pretty good 